Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. Take your Bible, whether you brought it in printed text or on your iPhone, and go to 107th Psalm, and let us talk about the keys to our healing today. Can I get an amen? I put on notice Monday evening at the men's prayer time that this Sunday I'd be preaching on the keys to healing. I've been preaching a series of sermons on I have the keys. Last Sunday I preached on I have the keys or you have the keys, use them. Don't give me a brand new Jaguar without the keys. Don't give me a brand new house without the keys. In other words, I'm not asking for a Jaguar house, but it ain't going to do me no good if you don't give me the keys. And when you give me the keys, if I don't use them, I ain't getting one yard out of the yard or into the house. So you have the keys, use them. I put the prayer ministry on notice, our prayer director for the Sammy Bird. I put the prayer team on notice all this week. I have fasted and prayed. Because I'm going into the enemy's camp and I need you to get my back. Okay? I'm going into the enemy's camp and he told me, if you testify, I'm going to attack you. And Jesus immediately said, he's a liar and the father of lies. And I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So go ahead and testify because I got your back and your front and your side and above and the knee. So I'm not going in the authority. I'm like little David with a slingshot. But I come to you in the name of the Lord God of the host of the army of Israel. The God who is the resurrection and the life. Oh, hallelujah. And he is your life. I am going to give you, I don't know, maybe 20 scriptures, maybe 30 scriptures. I am going to give you the word today. It's the word of God that's going to heal you. It's not pastor. It's not the prayer team. It's not the music. It's not your mama or your daddy. They help. It's the word of God. Brother Eddie Williford, wave at me right there. Brother Eddie will wave. Everybody look over there. This is Brother Eddie. He told me I got up this morning feeling better than I have in four years. God's brought him through a lot of stuff. That's a testimony. On the screen or on your phone or in your Bible, Psalm 107, verse number 19. You there? They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. You been there? Have you cried out to the Lord in your trouble? And he saved them out of the distresses. Did he do it? Verse 20. He sent his what? He sent his word and did what? Heal them. Read the rest with me. And delivered them from their destructions. But, but I, don't put this one, I didn't put this one on the screen. I wish I had. Verse 21. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Stretch your hands this way. Ten seconds. Pray for me. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, I go now into your word. And because you've given us the keys, we take it today. There are keys for healing that are found in the word of God. And the devil wants to hide them. But you have given them to us because you sent your word to heal us. I pray for a fresh anointing, for energy and fire, and for presence 
to fill this place, your presence in our lives, to change us and heal us. Amen? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I am speaking to you this morning from my own experience in the crucible of suffering. For some of you, this is old age, my age. For others of you, you wish you were still there. But I'm 56 years old, and I've never suffered more in my body than I did beginning February the 3rd of this year. I'm not going to rehash it. It's on CD. It's on DVD. But I never suffered more mentally, emotionally, and physically than I did for approximately three months. I have never in my mind went through depression, anxiety, fear, and panic like I did in those months. I am telling you not somebody else's story. I'm telling you that God had a reason for this. I am living differently now. I worry far less than I used to worry because I who told you that worried done no good, worried. Jesus said, which one of you by worrying can add one inch to your statue? Jesus said, which one of you by worrying can do anything else that is physically noticeable? And he said, why do you worry? I take care of the birds of the air, the lilies of the field. Even Solomon in all of his radiance was not as beautiful as the lilies of the field that I adorn. He says, I know the number of hair on your head. It's not hard for him to know my head. And he said, why do you worry? In the middle of all of it, Brother Don Harris, he said to me, Matthew 6, this is what I want you to do. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that you need. I know you need clothing. I know you need groceries. I know you need a car. I know you need a house. I know you need healing. I know your children need help. All these things will be added unto you if you'll seek Jesus first. Give the Lord some praise. I want you to write these scriptures down because you'll need them later. Because if you hadn't had trouble yet, remember what Willie Terrell says. Brother Willie Terrell says, if you ain't had trouble yet, just keep living. I want to give you six keys to your healing. I want to begin with key number one. God is an unchangeable God. He has healed and is still healing today. Say amen. And the Bible says in Exodus 15 and 26, it's on the screen, and those of you in the slide, just flow with me. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight and give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now listen to me. God, with every promise He makes to us, has a condition. 
we have to meet the condition and he'll fulfill the promise. You will not give your car to a 14-year-old or 15-year-old if you're smart who hasn't been on the road and hasn't been tested and proven so you can let them go and hurt themselves or somebody else. They've got to meet the condition of the age and the experience. You will not give a sharp knife as a souvenir to my three-and-a-half-year-old grandson and tell him, play with this, because he doesn't know the danger of it. Can I get an amen? I'm a preaching man. You'll not give your key to your house or your apartment or your condo where you have it at the beach or the mountain to somebody else one time to have them trash it and leave it like a dump and give it to them the next time. Can I get an amen? God's word says, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right, God will not heal Alan Matura for the devil to get the glory. God will not heal this temple for me to booze it up and sex it up and pornography it up and cuss it up and cuss some, I'm preaching now. God has a condition. God is an unchangeable God. He is still healing. But if I do what he says, I can expect him to keep his promise. Help me praise him. Exodus chapter 23 verse 25. Write down the reference. So you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. And God says, I will take sicknesses or sickness away from the midst of you. Did I get an amen? amen? You will serve the Lord, and as a result, He'll bless your bread, your water, your tater, your green beans, your collard greens, your fried chicken, your nana pudding. I'm getting hungry. Psalm 103, verse 3. Write it down. Who is God? He's unchangeable, and He heals. Who forgives? Psalm 103, verse 3. Uh, did I make that mistake? Uh, uh, are you ver one verse ahead of me? Mm, everybody say amen. I might have left it out. Let me read it to you. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all. Everybody say all. All of your diseases. Leave it right there team. Psalm 105 verse 37. He brought, also brought them out of bondage. Of over 430 years of slavery. Them and their predecessors. He also brought them out with what? Silver and gold. When's the last time you ever found out a slave had silver and gold? And there was none feeble among them. When God got through with the Egyptians who made them slaves, he want, the Egyptians wanted them to leave so bad because their God was so awesome. They were tired of the plagues. The Egyptians gave them gold and silver and all precious things and say, hey, just go, just go. How many know that the wealth of the wicked, the Bible says, is stored up for the righteous, including healing? Help me praise the Lord. I said the key number one is God is an unchangeable God and he heals then and heals now. Psalm 107 verse 19, please. And this is what he said. And this is our text. He sent his word. Everybody say his word. He sent his word. 66 books in the Bible. All of it, his word. And he didn't write it down because we needed another book. He didn't write it down because he wanted to have his own book. He sent his word for a purpose and delivered them from all their destruction. Anybody ever been healed? Shout hallelujah. 
So what about the New Testament? What about the New Covenant? What does it say about an unchangeable God? Matthew 9, 35. Then Jesus went about all cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among them. Did Jesus ever tell somebody who was sick in their body, who was leprous or demon-possessed, sorry, my time is up, I got to go to the next town? No. The Bible says healing every sickness and he even interrupted one healing to do another healing. Can I get an amen? That was even a shortcut to get from one destination to go to another destination. And he said, no, we're not going to shortcut. I must need go to Samaria. And there he found a woman who didn't have one husband but five who went to draw water from a well. And he said, woman, I, I can give you water where you'll never thirst again. And he told her about her sin. And she said, you truly must be the Messiah. She went and told the whole village and they had a revival because if you need God, he'll go out of his way to heal you. Come on, come on, help me praise him somebody. How do I know he does not change? Malachi 3 and 6 says, for I am the Lord. I do not change. How do I know Jesus never changes? Write it down. Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are not going to leave here sick today if you'll take his word. Key number two. Here's a second key for your healing. Jesus died for our sins as well as our sicknesses. How do you know that, pastor? Because the word says it. Isaiah 53 and 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And everybody say the last phrase out loud. And by his stripes we are healed. Jesus did not suffer this agonizing, horrific death on Calvary where his face was so marred by the beating and by the spitting and the plucking of his beard and by the crown of thorns. The Bible says he was beaten with a cat of nine tails and his black back was plowed up like a field. He shed every drop of blood, not because he wanted Mel Gibson to make millions of dollars from a movie, but the Bible said, by his suffering, we are saved and we are healed. How do you know that, Pastor? Write this reference down. 1 Peter 2.24, about Jesus, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sin might live for righteousness, and Peter looking back at Isaiah 53 and 5 quoted by saying, By whose stripes you were healed. That means it's already done. Let me, let, let, oh, let me show you key number three. Here's a third key for your healing. And let me tell you, one of the agonies I suffered in the first three months of my suffering was the medication prescribed to me. They were trying to find something to help me because I had 
insomnia so terribly. I would go to bed at 10.30 and get up at 2.30 and be wide awake. Wide awake. That went on for about a month. And I could not go back to sleep unless I was weary and get another 30 minutes sleep. And the Lord said, I'll heal you in my time, but I'll heal you like this. I cannot lift this glass of water with this finger. I cannot. I can be here all day. I cannot. But if I take my thumb and put it together, I can pick it up. If I take my whole hand, I can have a sip. And I think I will. The Lord says, I'm going to use several instruments. I'm going to use your church as a prayer force. Like you've, ne- you've never seen a church love a pastor. You've been here. I have never been more loved. There ain't another church of God, church of whatever, church of whatever anywhere that in America that loves a pastor. Or at least if you not, don't love me, you sure don't show that you don't. And I ain't asking for no volunteers to start showing it, Okay. I'll use your church, I'll use your elders, but he said I'll also use some physicians. I'll use your chiropractor, I'll use your medical doctor, and then I was told I need to see a psychiatrist. Well, I got a friend here in church who knew that long time ago. And I'm not asking him to nod or wave his hand or anything, but some of you heard me preach before I got sick and you figured I needed to see one anyhow. I said, whoa God, that's where I draw the line. You know, I may, not, I may have lost some marbles, but I ain't lost all marbles. Lo and behold, I obey the Lord and I go see this, this wonderful African-American female psychiatrist who started preaching to me. She did. She said, Reverend, I ain't, this ain't my field, but I just want to tell you since you're a reverend. Did you ever read in the Bible about Moses who's trying to be everything to everybody, treat, leading a million and a half people? Did you have a reverend when he sat under the tree and tried to judge all Israel and his father-in-law showed up and said, Moses, you're going to be a crazy man and these people are going to go crazy. You need to appoint you leaders of a thousand, leaders of a hundred, leaders of ten. And, and here my psychiatrist that I'm paying money for by the hour, tell me that. And, and let me, it wasn't about the money. I needed, my, and then my psych, another time I went to see her and she says, look, she says to me, she says, you got to know how to delegate. Quit trying to be super pastor, okay? She, she, she said to me, she said, she said, and another time I saw her, she said, don't, don't you, you ever listen to Joyce Myers? I said, I do. She said, Joyce Myers says, higher level, bigger devil. Last time I saw her, she said, don't come back in two months. And, and, and she has reduced uh, uh, other things that I'm telling you, my friend, I'm, I'm not telling you Joyce Myers' testimony. I'm not telling you yours. You're looking at a what glory full of the Holy Ghost healed by the power of God on my way to being a better pastor because God is my healer. Yeah. And the devil just told me, I'm going to show you. And the Holy Ghost just told me, shut up, devil. I talk to myself a lot. And don't you laugh at me because you do too. But you know how I talk to myself? By quoting scriptures. That's how I do it. I'm telling you. Oh, key number three. Sickness is a result of Satan's work. I said sickness is a result of Satan's work. And Christ was manifest to destroy the works of Satan. 
If sickness was from God, then why did Jesus suffer on the cross for our sickness? Can I get a witness here? Sickness is part of the curse of sin and death. And Jesus came to destroy the curse. In Acts 10 and 38, it speaks of the ministry of Jesus. Write this verse down, Acts 10 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Sickness is an oppression of the devil. And if you'll use the word, if you will have other people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, like Jesus was, pray over you, God will heal your bodies. Oh, Holy Ghost. Here's 1 John 3 and 8. I want you to get this thought. Sickness is the result of Satan's work, and Christ was manifest to destroy the work of Satan. 1 John 3 and 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might, read the rest with me, destroy the works of the devil. Not just sickness. Alcoholism is a work of the devil. Uh, voodoo and witchcraft and Ouija boards and the occult. Some of you are dabbling in a bunch of nonsense. You think it's horoscope, but it's horror. H-O-R-R-O-R scope. Some of you are going living and looking under the sign. Whether you were born under this sign or this star. Quit that nonsense. Quit going to the palm readers. Quit calling 1-900. Call Cleo and call the Holy Ghost. That's the work of the devil, the things of the flesh. Because Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. You need to quit looking at some TV shows. I, I no longer can look at anything violent. God took that out of me. Now my favorite movies are Iron Man. I got to confess. And I ain't seen the third one. I like Iron Man movie. I like me some Iron Man movie. Got that thing in his hand and he goes, blow. Man, he done put on that helmet and all that stuff. Everybody has a little fantasy. Even when you get older, you have a little fantasy. Iron Man. I'm going to get them three movies. Valerie, I told you to buy me all three of them. But you know what? I say that lightheartedly and in fun. If I don't get them three movies, forget it. I got the shield of faith. I got the helmet of salvation. I got the sword of the Lord. I got my loins going about with truth. I got the helmet of salvation. I got my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And no weapon formed against me or you shall prosper. <laughs> Key number four. The same Holy Spirit who anointed Jesus Christ to perform miracles and raise them from the dead is still in the church and has all time, his all time, old time, healing, life-giving power. I, 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 I need to say it right. Look at it on the screen. The same Holy Spirit who anointed Jesus Christ to perform miracles and raise them from the dead is still in the church and has all his old time life-giving power. How do you know it? Jesus told his disciples... After the resurrection, in the book of Acts, chapter 1 and 8, and ye shall receive power after that 
the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Can I get an amen? amen? One of the ways that I overcome the devil and I overcome the flesh is by praying in tongues. I pray in tongues. You should pray in tongues. If you don't have the gift of tongues, ask God for the gift of tongues. And one day when you're praying in English and you get a little stammering lips trying to say hallelujah or praise the Lord and you can't say it, say whatever comes out and God begins to give you tongues. Because the Bible says that that's what's going to happen. Because when you pray in tongues, you pray in a language a devil cannot decipher. He doesn't have any kind of way. It's God's language. God gives you the utterance. I don't teach you. The elders don't teach you. The Holy Ghost teaches you. And some people pray in tongues for hours because it builds you up. You don't go in the twilight zone. You don't lose your mind. You can be quiet if you want to. You don't have to. But I'm telling you, don't you prejudge tongues and throw it out because some people abused it. You'll do the same thing with healing. There are people who fake healings. There are preachers who tell people, if you give me so much money, I'll send you a part of my coat that I wore to the Holy Land when I was baptized in Israel in the River Jordan and you'll get healed. If you send me $100, I'll send you some Holy Land oil made in the Holy Land. Fully on that charlatanism and that bunch of making money off a free gift. If you'll just stretch out your hands and say, Lord Jesus, fill me with the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God and heal my body. Oh, come on, help me praise the Lord. How do I know everybody can get the Holy Ghost? It's not on the screen, but Acts 2 and 39 says this. For the promise, meaning the promise of the Holy Ghost, is unto you and your children and all who are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Key number five for your healing. Christ's last commission and God's direct command tells us that healing is for us. What was Christ's last commission and his direct command? It's found in Mark chapter 16, verse seven, verses 17 and 18. Come, Pastor Chad, to the music, sir. We're going to have a healing service in just a few minutes. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name. In the name of Jesus, they will cast out what? Demons. They will speak with new. Didn't I tell you that a minute ago? They will take up serpents. Pause. Don't you dare bring any snakes to this church. And tell me to come handle it. Because that was meant to be if you accidentally messed with one. Like Paul on the island of Malta was gathering firewood for a fire after a storm. And he didn't realize that there was a serpent coiled in that firewood. And when the fire ignited and the serpent was there, he shot up out of the fire and bit Paul on the hand. It was a poisonous serpent. And the islanders who knew about that snake said, that man's going to surely die. Within a few moments, nothing changed. He didn't throw up. He didn't turn green, yellow, blue or purple, white or whatever, color brown. And they said, he must be a god. And he said, no, it must, it's not me. It's my god. And, and down from the king of the island to everybody else who needed healing, they had revival. So if you bring a serpent here, you better bring a hole, a hammer or a shotgun. And after I kill that snake, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm only playing with you. I'm only playing with you. And if they drink anything deadly, there were those in the, in the early church who tried to kill, kill Christians by poisoning. 
There are people in, 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 in other parts of the world that people have tried to kill by poisoning them. And God says, I'm going to protect you. Can I get an amen? It says if you handle any of these deadly things because the enemy is attacking you, it will by no means hurt them. I love this part. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Let me show you something. This is what we're going to do in just a few minutes. James chapter number 5 verses 14 and 15. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over them. Anointing them with oil in the name of Jesus. We're going to do that in a moment. I'm going to show you how. Verse 15. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. Do you know you don't have to be saved for God to heal you if he wants to? But do you know it would be a wonderful thing for you to thank him by getting saved? Because if you don't get saved after you're healed, Jesus said to one person, Go your way and do what is right, lest a worse thing comes on you. Can I, didn't Jesus one time tell somebody who, who he cast out demons out of, make sure your temple stays clean. Because if you don't keep your temple clean and filled with the things of God, more demons will move in. I'm just telling you, God doesn't heal for the glory of man or the devil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Here's the last key. The last key to your healing is because of God's marvelous promises. I said, God has made you some promises of which he cannot lie and will not mock you. Can I get an amen? What are the promises of God? Quickly. Matthew 18 and 19. Jesus said, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Here's the next promise of God for you. Because of the promises of God, you know how I, I continue my healing now and you continue yours? There are people in this house who told me, Pastor, thank you for being transparent about what you went through. Thank you for being, because some people and some preachers like to make themselves think that they're Iron Man, super pastors. Nothing goes wrong with our home. Nothing goes... At the same time that, I, I'm, that before I start struggling, my wife for a year and a half had been struggling with these spasms of her eyelids, blepharospasms, but when she takes shots once every three months. But she's on her way to total healing. Now listen, listen, listen. She's not going blind. I ran into somebody about three weeks ago and they said, how your wife doing? They, somebody said she's going blind. I rebuke that. It's just that while we were growing up, she was flirting with me. We were dating and she'd always blink her eyes like that at me. Wink, wink at me. And now it's stuck. And that's a lie. I repent, Lord. No, it is not stuck. She is doing better. She's now retired. And she's able to enjoy her grandchild and the grandchild on the way. And because you're praying for her and we're praying for you, she's leading the Bible study Monday night. She had 150 last Sunday, Monday night. Ladies, Monday night, tomorrow is the Bible study. Men, tomorrow night is Monday night men. And men, tomorrow night is prayer. Why do you think we do all these things around this church? Because we got a devil to whip. Whatever you ask in my name, John 14 and 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Look at this. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I got to give you, can you take one more? Write it down. John 15 and 7. If you abide in me, 
and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Can you take one more? It's the promise of God. I'm giving you the promise. You need to go home. You need to buy this CD. You need to give it to somebody. Buy this, buy this DVD, not because of me, but because of the word. Mark eleven twenty two to 24, please. Here it is. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. How many know you can't get healing unless you have faith? No more than you can get saved unless you have faith. Jesus said, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. I says to you, therefore whatever you ask when you pray, Jesus' promises said, not I, believe that you receive them and you might, maybe if you're lucky, have them. No. Believe that you receive them and say it out loud. You will have them. I don't have time. I thought I would. I'm holding in my hand a little book. I read it again this week. It's called Healed of Cancer by Dodie Osteen. Anybody ever read it? I keep it in my library to give away to people. I have to buy some more. Dodie Osteen is the mother of Joel Osteen. In 1981, Dodie Osteen was diagnosed with liver cancer. Dodie Osteen was told it is growing. At a medical word, what is it? Metastasize? Is that right? It's, the doctors have a testimony in here. The doctors said about Dodie Osteen. To help you understand the magnitude of Dodie Osteen's healing, I want to point out that liver cancer is one of the most treacherous cancers we face in medicine. Because the cancer is part of it, the body that has a high blood supply, a very rich source of nutrient feeds the cancer. In a natural medical sense, patients live very, very short lifespans once a diagnosis of liver cancer is made. Generally, the weight and energy losses are steadily and progressive. And after just a few weeks, six to seven months at the most, the majority of patients succumb to illness, to the illness. Dr. Reginald B. Cherry writes, in late November 1981, Mrs. Dodie Osteen checked into St. Luke Hospital at Texas Medical Center in Houston, Texas for what she felt would be some routine tests. Her complaints at that time of admission was a history of mild fever and an episode of right upper quadrant abdominal pain. This is Dr. Reginald Cherry, his documentation. Mrs. Osteen's initial physical examination revealed no underlying abnormality. Her blood pressure and skin color was normal, were normal. Her heart, lungs, and abdominal examinations were all within normal limits. It was beginning to appear that the mild fever and episodes of upper abdominal pain really weren't anything serious. Maybe just a bug going around. He continues. The physicians, however, felt an uneasiness. Somehow things just didn't add up. Some of the medicine's most sophisticated or medicine's most sophisticated tests were then ordered. It was after the first of these tests that the first hint of a problem turned up. An abdominal sonogram was performed in which sound waves passed into the abdomen. At first, all images of the pancreas, kidneys, 
and uterus were normal. Then the radiologist saw the ominous picture. Something was wrong in the liver. There was a mass occurring in the right lobe of the liver. An abdominal CT scan, a sophisticated form of x-ray, was ordered and the results were unequivocal. Large lesion, right liver lobe, too small lesion, left lobe. The scan had the characteristic picture of cancer, but the doctors wanted to be certain. Was it an abscess, possibly caused by an amoeba or parasite? They had to go into the liver. A biopsy was performed. Special tests were done for parasites and other organisms, including blood tests, culture smears and stains, all proved negative. It had to be cancer. And to confirm it, cells were examined by the pathologist. St. Luke's pathologists examined the slides, which were then sent to MD Anderson Hospital, a world-renowned institution dealing exclusively with the diagnosis and treatment of cancer, also located in Texas Medical Center. The diagnosis was consistent. And I, don't, I can't pronounce the, the medical name. It was liver cancer. They sent her home saying chemotherapy would just give you a few weeks more. But medically, we are at the end of our rope. They sent her home to die. She said, the thing that helped me the most was quoting the scriptures. She got so sick, she had to crawl on her hands and knees to get from one place to the next. She got so sick, her color changed because the pancreas, the liver, pardon me, and the pancreas controlled some of that. She said, but I, I, I prayed and fear came in. That was 1981. Dodie Osteen is the mother of Joel Osteen. She is in her 80s today perfectly healed by the power of God. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. I have instructed Brother Sammy, if he has spoken to you, then you know who I'm speaking. Only those that he has spoken to come and take your positions at the front of the church. I am going to have a healing service now till we are finished. It's not going to take long. And I'm going to call you forward for healing. I am going to do this. I'm going to stand in the middle right here. So if you could bring up as much light to the altar, it would help me and the stage. I'm going to stand in the middle. You're going to come from that aisle and that aisle. And all I'm going to do is anoint your head with oil. I'm going to touch you as your shepherd. And then you're going to go to one of these people. Pastor JC, Pastor Trey, etc. That are here. And one of these people that are here. And they are going to, for no more than 20 seconds, lay hands on you and pray over you. We don't have time to take your prayer request personally. To prophesy over you. So I do not want the prayer team prophesying over you and speaking a word over you. Right now, this morning. Later they can come back to you. This is the prayer box. Every Monday night, we take the prayers requests out. We don't read them. They were not written to us. There's so much more. Pardon me. There's so much more. You have a prayer need, bring it to church. And every week it gets prayed over. But this morning, somebody's son is in jail. Somebody's on drugs. Somebody's on alcohol. Somebody is in a coma. Somebody, our counselor, our church counselor, my personal counselor, Peter Chimento, who works at the recovery house, suffered a heart attack early yesterday morning. 
One major artery was blocked. They had to put two stents in. Another artery is blocked 85%. He's my counselor. He's a guy that, that counsels you at the church when you go. He's going to be healed in the name of Jesus. Healed. L listen to me now. Here's what we're going to do. At the end of the line, over here, turn the light up over here if you can. Yes. There's Doc Phillips and over this end, who do we have? Eddie Williford. They have a prayer cloth. Bring me one, please, Doc. They have a prayer cloth. We've already anointed them, not individually, because there are hundreds of them. We say to you, if you need one to take to somebody, or you need it for yourself, take it. Don't put it and hide it. I carried one of these from another church in Oklahoma from, for about three months until I wore it out. But before you send, anybody, send it to anybody, take one of those scriptures that I gave you today and put it on here. Take a ballpoint pen and write this text I gave you today. Don't just put a piece of cloth in your pocket. We are working on a stamp to stamp them, but we didn't have it today. Write a scripture that I gave you today or one that I didn't give you that works. Stick it in your pocket. I've had people tell me they went into surgery telling the doctors, I want on my gown it to be pinned. Can I get a witness? The Bible said they anointed handkerchiefs and aprons and God healed them. The Bible said even the shadow of Peter and the apostle passing by, they were healed. Now listen, I don't expect you to fall under the spirit. If you, if you do, make sure somebody behind you. Don't just fall and hit your head, okay? You don't have to fall. If you need to, if you, you kind of lose it a little bit, just watch where you're going and just get on down. Okay? Because I don't want anybody to say they busted their head in the prayer line. But sometimes you do. You just need to just, okay? So here's, here's the counsel. The counsel is, you don't have to leave here like you came in Jesus' name. I, I have a list of things we're going to pray over, but I'm not going to read it right now. I'm getting ready to take my position. If you have sickness, if your marriage is struggling, if your finances are struggling, if your son or daughter is struggling, if, if, you're, if you've been under oppression, if you're suffering from something due to old age, if you're suffering from something that runs in the DNA of your family, if, you're, if there's addiction in your family, drugs, alcohol, sexual addiction, come, in, if, if there's a demonic powers working somewhere, come in Jesus' name. It is not about you, because some of what you and I are fighting cannot be seen by the human eyes. It is principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. And you need to come and fight in the name of the Lord, whether you feel like it or not, in the name of Jesus. So, my friend and head usher, Brother Everett Winkles, you're going to line up in the middle aisle and you're going to keep coming. And when you pass your way through, go back to your chair and just begin to worship God. Okay? If you don't praise Him, you won't get it. Praise. Before anybody touches you, God is going to heal you. Brother Sammy, am I set up right, sir? Everybody to your feet. Everybody to your feet in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Start coming down the middle aisle. In the name of the Lord. All I'm going to do is touch you. And I'm going to just touch you. And you lift your hands and go to somebody else. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, I anoint you. It's in Jesus' name. Come in Jesus' name. Watch for Brother Everett. Come, come in Jesus' name. Come, just come on in the name of the Lord. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Which side? Over here, in Jesus' name. Everybody as you wait, raise your hands. Everybody as you wait, raise your hands. Father, la mokore by Son and Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. Go to somebody available. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Come to two of you if you need to. I, it doesn't mind. In Jesus' name. Holy Ghost. Father, la makondare. Everybody pray in the church. Everybody pray in the church. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Go to somebody available. And prayer team, do not tarry long. Do not tarry long. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Either side available. 
in the name of the Lord. If you are coming as a couple, you can come as a couple. If you come as a family, come. Go all the way to the end, all the way to the end where those men are. In the name of Jesus. Raise your hands, church. Raise your hands. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Over here on this side for some of you. Oh, la, la, masuya. Come in the name of the Lord. In the, go over this side. Go over here. In the name of Jesus, Jimmy. In the, raise your hands, Jimmy. In the name of the Lord. Father, Son, and Holy Come on, church. Do it. In the name of the Lord. Go, go in the name of Jesus. It's happening. Sing it, choir. It's happening. Come on, praise Him. Praise Him. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Either side, as long as something is available. Church, God is doing it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise those hands. Raise those hands. I believe you, Lord. I anoint you in Jesus' name. Now, now Brother Sammy, you lead him. Oh, go in Jesus' name. Come, come, come according to his word. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.